Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Got a story here about a case a whole bunch of people sent me because it involves the Institute for Justice. And so quite a few of my viewers contribute to them and are on their mailing list. And so when something like this happens, it's often blasted out to everybody. So thank you very much. Supreme Court to hear First Amendment retaliation case involving former Castle Hills Councilwoman. So this is happening out of Texas. KSAT ran this version of the story that David Ibanez wrote. Sylvia Gonzalez sued the city of Castle Hills mayor, police chief, following her arrest for criticizing the city manager. The U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to hear that case, and uh, she's 76 years old. She partnered with the Institute for Justice in September of 2020 to file a federal lawsuit against the city to vindicate her First Amendment rights. She's elected to office in 2019. She's the first Hispanic councilwoman in Castle Hills history. In response to concerns raised by her constituents, she supported a non-binding citizen-signed petition calling for the removal of the city manager. So she supported a non-binding but citizen-signed petition calling for the removal of a city manager. Two months after presenting the petition and an investigation by the Castle Hills Police Department regarding a meeting involving Gonzalez, another councilwoman, the mayor, and a sergeant, She was arrested for misplacing a document in her binder at a council meeting. Arrested for misplacing a document in her binder at a council meeting. The document was the petition to remove the manager from office. City officials argued that she had stolen her own petition as she was gathering her papers at the end of a council meeting. Instead of issuing a summons for the nonviolent misdemeanor, And this is the judge speaking, by the way. The city obtained a warrant to arrest the 72-year-old, which ensured that she would spend time in jail rather than remaining free and appearing before a judge. She spent a day in jail. And oh, by the way, the charges were dropped. They dropped the charges. Uh, She then resigned from city council. She said, I didn't think this could happen in America. No one should be arrested for standing up for what they believe in. I'm hopeful that the Supreme Court will hold the city accountable that no one else had to go through what I went through. So you might wonder, but wait, Steve, she got arrested and the charges were dropped. Now she's in front of the Supreme Court of the U.S. How did that happen? Well, a tortured history of litigation. Several months later, she filed a lawsuit. Case was heard by a district court judge, as federal lawsuits are want to do at the beginning of their existence. He denied qualified immunity to city officials. The ruling, though, was reversed by the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. So the Fifth Circuit said, well, no, you can't, you can't sue city officials because they're, they're, they got that qualified immunity, right? The Fifth Circuit held that because the city had concocted sufficient probable cause to arrest her, she could not bring a First Amendment claim. And so what they said was she took that petition and put it in her binder, but in the wrong spot in the binder, And for that, she can be arrested. And the Fifth Circuit said, that sounds good enough to us. (laughs) So Anya Bidwell, an attorney at the Institute for Justice, said, we are thrilled the court agreed to hear Sylvia's case. Criminal laws cannot be used to launder First Amendment violations and create backdoor censorship. But that's exactly how Castle Hill's official used them against Sylvia. And so this is one of those examples where you have to look at it from both sides and ask, as a policy, 
what would happen if the court ruled one way and what would happen if they ruled the other way, okay? And by the way, I mentioned a couple of videos back, uh, the one where I was wearing a suit and tie. If you haven't seen it, go look at it. It happens about once a year <laughs> where I wear a suit and tie on camera. And I attended oral arguments before the Michigan Supreme Court on a case here in Michigan uh, in front of the Michigan Supreme Court that was being argued by the Institute for Justice on behalf of some people who are in front of the court. And what's interesting is that some people kind of touched on what would happen if the court ruled one way, what would happen if it ruled the other way. And the court seemed to kind of brush that off, kind of like, well, that's all hypothetical, what could happen in the future. Let's talk about this case right here. But I think courts really need to take a look at what will happen if we rule this way, what will happen if we rule that way. So what happens if the Supreme Court were to hear this case and say it's okay for city council members or police or mayors or other government officials to simply arrest people, throw them in jail for a day or two, and then when they get out, well, oh, we're sorry, drop the charges. Well, no harm, no foul, right? I don't want to spend a day in jail for some made-up reason. And, and I got news for you. I know a lot of people go, Steve, you know, one day in jail, 24 hours. Maybe they can pay you for your time. No. <laughs> One of the most important things that you have granted to you by the Constitution, but going back into even earlier documents, like the Articles of Confederation and the Declaration of Independence, is your freedom. And the fact that they can lock you up on a whim and they go, oops, we're, we're, we're going to drop those charges. You're, hey, you're good, okay? You're okay. We're going to let you out. We're not, we're not going to prosecute you, okay? Go, go on. Go on with your life. No, you can't allow that to happen. So if somebody in government doesn't like you, they shouldn't be allowed to lock you up for no reason. And that's the kind of thing that I find hard to imagine anybody could argue with. I mean, break that down. That's exactly what this would mean. If the Supreme Court were to say, well, they locked her up, and the argument was that she stole her own document by misplacing it inside of a binder. Um, obviously, that was made up. And so, again, they're not asking the court to let the jury decide whether or not this should go to trial. The plaintiff here is asking the Supreme Court to say, let me go to trial on the facts of the case so that I can try to prove that I was arrested in retaliation for the action I had taken that was perceived as being against the city manager. And by the way, a jury might not find that. A jury might say, well, no, you got arrested for something else. They might. They might. But the point is you let it go to a jury, let a jury decide. Okay? But to get to a jury, a court's got to allow it to get there. So a, a court has got to say that this qualified immunity does not fit this case. So, again, Supreme Court, if they did not rule that way, you can imagine other city council members, mayors, police chiefs, and so on, and go, hey, guess what? We can come up with even a cockamamie story as to why we arrested somebody, and we can get away with it. So, we don't like that person, lock them up. Just for a day, let them go. Don't like that person, lock them up. Just, just for one day. No harm, no foul. <laughs> so this is a great case that the Supreme Court's picked up. 
And uh, the Institute for Justice has got a very good batting average in terms of getting cases in front of the Supreme Court. Because I've mentioned before, I don't know the exact statistics. It changes slightly from year to year. But the number of cases that they get asked to take is quite large. The percentage of those cases that they take is quite small. Single digits, percentage-wise. Uh, down, I think, uh, 3 4 5% maybe. It might be 6 or 7%. It, I've seen it fluctuate, but I don't think it ever crosses 10%. I know in Michigan, it's, it's like 3 or 4% also. And most of those are criminal cases. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, if you have a civil case, good luck with that in Michigan, trying to get that for the Supreme Court. But here we have a case, and, and the Institute for Justice has got the Supreme Court. They have agreed to hear this case. And it's going to boil down to, was this arrest something that was protected by qualified immunity? Because if it is, bad things will happen in the future and will continue to happen unless the Supreme Court straightens it out. So there you go. Thank you to everybody who sent it to me. David Ibanez wrote that for KSAT. The Institute for Justice does great work. I'll put a link to them in the description below the video. As always, just check out their page. And if you're inclined after seeing what they do to support them, please consider doing so. They're a nonprofit supported entirely by the generosity of people who support what they do. Supreme Court to hear First Amendment retaliation case involving former Castle Hills Councilwoman. That's a story out of Texas. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. La, 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 la. I'm not listening.